1: At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Waves. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. It doesn't boast. Love also forgets wrong.
0: I will always love you. How I do.
2: It's been hard, hasn't it?
3: Let go of a prayer for you.
2: How you doing with everything?
3: Okay. Just a sweet word. You know it's okay if you're not
1: table is prepared for you.
3: I'm trying to give you the tools to succeed in this world. It's not easy out there. Everything I do is for y'all. Everything.
1: I know you're under a lot of pressure right now, but
0: I'm just getting really scared. But you have this place to call home.
3: Everything's gonna be okay, all right? Always. We're in this together. too much hate in my life, all we have is now.
1: All we have is now. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Waves, and the story is as follows. The future is bright for Tyler, who seems to have everything he needs, a wealthy family to support him, a spot on the high school wrestling team, and a girlfriend he's head over heels in love with. Committed to greatness and under intense scrutiny from his father. Tyler spends his mornings and nights training, but when pushed to the limit, cracks in the perfect facade of Tyler's existence start to show, and the stage is set for a true American tragedy. The film is starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., Lucas Hedges, Taylor Russell, Alexa Demie. Neil Huff, Clifton Collins Jr., Renee Elsie Goldsberry, and Sterling K. Brown. It is written and directed by Trey Edward Schultz. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Dan Baer. Good evening, everybody. And also joining us as a guest here for this review, uh freelance journalist and an amazing, amazing friend, Candace Frederick, everybody.
2: Hello, happy Monday. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So waves. Uh, no pun intended has been making some waves, if you will, ever since its premiere at the Telluride Film Festival. It is uh, since shown <laughs> at a couple of other festivals since then. Yes, 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 I know. You guys know I love the puns. Yeah, uh, this is a 24s. Um, you know, uh, end of the year uh, release that they're hoping to push for some awards consideration, I imagine. Um, Trey Edward Schultz is his third film after Crescia, and it comes at night, and... I would just want to start off by saying that I think that it's a big, big leap for him from what he has previously given us before. Um, There's a great deal of surprise within this movie. Um, There is something in this movie that I don't think you will find in any other movie this year in terms of its structure, of its storytelling. With that said, um, it's a little tough to discuss waves without revealing exactly what happens and going into detail into the structure of the film. So for anyone that has not seen the movie, I'm warning you now, we are going to openly and freely discuss spoilers of Wade.
3: And we highly recommend that you don't listen to the spoilers before you see it.
1: (coughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So we highly recommend that you definitely check out the film, then come back, listen to us, press play right from this moment where you're probably going to hit pause. So, with that out of the way, <laughs> I pass it over first to our guest, Candice. Um, what were your expectations heading into Waves, and what did you, on a high level, ultimately think of it?
2: Uh, I didn't really have any expectations. Um, I knew that the I knew that the talent was was I knew that uh, Renee Elise Golds Goldsberry, as well as Sterling K. Brown, were in it, and that was really all I needed. Uh, as well as uh, Kelvin, Kelvin, um, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who I think is just remarkable, and I'm, I'm like fangirling over him after Loose.
1: Yes! Mm. Yeah,
2: it's a fantastic movie and fantastic uh, performance. I think it is the stronger movie of the two. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know what Waves was about before seeing it the trailer didn't give me anything it certainly didn't kept under wraps what ultimately mm. transpires in the movie and so uh yeah so i, I was i was extremely taken aback um by everything because the, the trailer really doesn't tell you at all what the movie's about what i thought it was
3: nothing just,
2: <laughs> right, it's the most
3: thought... misleading trailer of the year i think
2: it, it is. I was just like, oh, or is it about this guy who learns how to swim or something? <laughs> like I had no idea. And I and so I go in and I was like, oh, he is not a swimmer at all. He is a disaster, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I so you know I went in and I I really I thought it was a very strong movie. I had issues with the structure um that i do think is inspired but just needed organization in terms of the two parts of the film i have i always have an issue with um introducing characters at the end of the movie and that's essentially what happens here there's like a whole other plot going on at the end of the movie with new characters Mm -hmm. and i really didn't think that that was necessary i think that so basically the beginning of the movie is about this this Family, and it's a rather typical family. There's this jock guy, he's the son, senior in high school, champion wrestler, has uh, really the world at his feet, as provided in part by his dad, who, uh, to his own account, worked very hard for him to get to this position. They live in this big, they're a black family that lives in this big suburban house presumably in a mostly white neighborhood um gorgeous it's not house. all white yeah gorgeous and and you know there there as the father ronald continues to say there's obvious a lot of strife and a lot of struggle that went went into getting getting the status that they have and he puts a lot of pressure on his son to succeed to do well and um it doesn't even really sa- I mean because of it, Sterling K. Brown's performance is so fantastic that, like, it's not even so much what he's saying, it's like almost just how he's saying it. He looks um...
1: It's very intense.
2: Relentless. Yes, very yeah, intense. Relentless. Very relentless. Good it's word. like a constant thing for him that he needs his his son to be on a certain level and to not for lack of a better word to pussy out on anything mm. and like um, and so there's the daughter who in the first half of the movie is virtually a mute
3: she doesn't, she doesn't yeah but I mean even in the second half she's kind of quiet
2: yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I I said in my review that she's she and many, and all of the women, I think, in the movie are like receptacles of the men's emotions. It is inherently a male movie that has female characters in it. Um, and the women tend to be repositories for, the receptacles for these men who are just dealing with their own demons, but mostly... Tyler, played by Kelvin Harrison Jr., who's just, who's not uh, expressive verbally. He he internalizes everything, including his father's just relentless uh, approach to success. Um, And he, this is where I kind of struggle because, you know, and and I had this really great conversation with Kelvin Harrison Jr. recently about this, and he talked a lot about cause and effect and um, about how you know if 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 the relationship between him and his relationship between uh, Kelvin or Tyler and his father was different, if they had more of an open communication, if maybe uh, Tyler was able to really kind of talk about all the things that is going on and 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 that he's been internalizing, he things might have been different. I don't know, I because I, I, I am actually really unsure of that. I think Tyler is actually very unstable. Um, and, I, and I think that his father pressuring him just is adding to that.
1: Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, because it was interesting, you said, uh, you know, your discussion with Kelvin, because I, I spoke with him as well and Trey um, about this movie. And one of the things that they both said was that there is a theme of lack of communication. And in that first half, um, there is a, a definitely a lack of communication between Um, Tyler with uh, all the other characters that are around him. And then, you know, when we get into the second half and we start to take on um, his sister Emily's uh, point of view, um, it's kind of amazing how her relationship that she shares then with uh, Lucas Hedges' uh, character Luke is one that is solely based on communication. And it's almost like it feels like it's almost too good to be true. And she herself is kind of apprehensive to this idea at first that this could be um, something truly great because of who her brother was, what happens to her brother. Um, And, you know, Luke is uh, also, like Tyler, a member of the wrestling team in school. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of kept wondering in that second half, when was the other shoe going to drop potentially between the relationship between those two characters? But it never does. Totally. Um, that totally. character is just a wholesome, good person.
3: And, and there is every opportunity in that second half. Like, I kept waiting for it. Like, oh, he has daddy issues. There we go. Something bad's going to happen. Like, oh, they're actually going to see the dying dad. Yep, something's definitely going to happen. They're driving by themselves. Yep, something's definitely going to happen. And I was honestly a little shocked that nothing ever did.
1: But mm-hmm. and, and I think this is what the big theme of the movie is for me. And there's a lot of themes in this movie, obviously. Communication, forgiveness, love. Uh, but one thing that I definitely think the movie tackles hard is the deconstruction of masculinity, toxic masculinity. And showing um, the downfall of it with Tyler, but also showing um, how with a character like Luke, who is protective of Emily, who is supportive of her, who is strong for her when he needs to be, allowing for moments of sensitivity, allowing for moments of vulnerability. And that is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of humanity. And there is a inherent beauty I found in that um, that really, really touched me uh, ultimately.
3: Yeah, it, there's there's a lot. Happening in this movie Um, (laughs) I mean And that's just one of the things Yeah, It's interesting to me That I didn't expect this To happen based on my initial reaction To the movie But the farther away I get from it The The more I see Its flaws Or the things that I don't think it does well Mm Mm-hmm and and honestly, the the bifurcated structure of it is part of that. it It, it feels like two halves that don't necessarily like it's two it felt almost like two movies that that almost fit together, but not quite
1: well, I, I think a large part mm-hmm. of that is because stylistically in the first half, there's a lot of rising tension. And there's a lot of um, stylistic camera moves. There's a lot being done with the sound mixing. There's a lot being done with the editing. The the score um, by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is vastly different in the first half than it is in the second half as well. It's mostly
3: a song score.
1: Yeah, it creates this very foreboding mood um, in that first half. So much so that when it gets quiet and it slows down in the second half... I I can understand stylistically why it feels like it's almost two different movies in a sort of way. I I think that for me, like, the way I looked at it was I almost got this uh, sense that, uh, you know, like, when when we talk about, like, we're watching a movie and it feels like we're watching a quote-unquote a life, if you will. Mm -hmm. I felt like in this movie, it really captured the highs and the lows of life, and the complexities of it, and the different emotional reactions one has to it. And, you know, we're talking about how much this movie packs into it. I almost got the sense that it was a transcended experience because of the amount that it was able to put into it. And not in a cliché way, but in a way that um, allowed for its storytelling to be patient and allow it to unravel. Um, I want to stop talking for a second because Casey hasn't had a chance to say anything yet. Casey, <laughs> I want I want to hear some thoughts from you. Um, you know, it could be whatever, or it could be something that we we've been you know trying to waddle through over here <laughs> with waves.
0: Yeah, well, piggybacking off of the ideas of the structure, I actually I think I'm in the minority here. Of even though I think the film has some major pacing issues, and I think that the second half runs its course a little too long, and I like the second half more. And that might be because it's more enjoyable mm. <laughs> of a watch. But I think it's also, for me, well, one, I found that love story, I really, I think, connected to it and enjoyed it in a way where I was just like, isn't this nice? But it was also, I think, for me, I think a big thing that I took away from it is, like, when somebody you love does something terrible and awful and the way other people treat you and how you have to go about the rest of your life, like the emphasis on like the fact that she has to delete all of her social media because people are like harassing her even though she had nothing to do with any of it and like that she like doesn't talk to anybody anymore because they look at her weird and like how she has to like kind of pick her back life back up even though it didn't really affect her in the grand scheme of things and just that idea I found to be like an a very interesting idea to like portray in a film. And I think it, for me, it made the first half feel almost like a prologue, <laughs> but even though yeah. I'm more removed from it. I think I'm intrigued to see it a second time, knowing how the film plays out, if I think differently on that. But when I was watching it, like the first half, I just found so stressful. And like, Tyler is such a mess and almost unlike <laughs> to watch. And like, the amount that I just wanted to scream at him through the screen, <laughs> whereas at least like the second half, I felt like I was like breathing a little bit, and maybe that's also just me liking films that are a little more like nothing happens. <laughs> so
3: like, maybe I think that's about, why. I think you've hit on something that's really interesting. Like, I don't think that that second half, which I think is the real story of the movie, I, I don't think that that second half works without the first half. But I, I think that the way themes or the way the characters stretch across both halves because they're so intently, the first half is so intently focused on him and the second half is so intently focused on her. I feel like everyone else doesn't get, the time and the reckoning that those characters really deserve i felt that Lee's goesbury particularly was very underserved by yeah. the script mm-hmm. and and even sterling k brown's character i i kept waiting for a moment that you know he is going to understand what has happened and why well and hold on man because he he does when that comes I, I thought it was fine. It, it it was not done in a way that was narratively pleasing to me.
2: <laughs> oh wow! I could not <laughs> disagree more. I, yeah. I think I, I and think I know I'm in the
3: majority of that. Like, I know I am. Like
2: no, I, I mean I, I mean, obviously it's a fair point. I I think that because I had so many issues with that second part of the film or as I say the sequel to, to Waves Right. <laughs> <laughs> is what that is They're The
1: second wave, two. if you will
2: <laughs> Part 2 and it's interesting because I I, 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 I I inherently like the second part in Waves if it was like a different movie like it obviously wants to be mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that would make a good other movie for something else And and I and I really love one of the one of the reasons why the second half didn't really work. The second half really uh, it made the film disjointed in the way in which it was presented, is because it had this big thing happen, and huge spoiler alert! And I cannot stress that enough. Tyler kills his girlfriend.
3: He's pregnant
2: accidentally. his pregnant girlfriend and goes to jail. And, and pretty rapid, you know, as it should be, a rapid sequence of events take place, and he's sent to jail forever. And we never see Tyler again, really, until like the end of the movie, and he does has, has no words. And it's very like, okay, I need to and 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 it's interesting because the second half of the movies, it's like, they're talking around what happened. Yeah, um, but I think in that moment, in that scene where they finally, between father and daughter, have this moment where the father
1: oh, by the lake. Oh my god!
2: Yeah, and I don't that think scene
1: is so good.
2: I think it's good too. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's so much about accountability because I think the accountability really should be Tyler's and Tyler's alone. But I do think that. It's a, it's really about the the uh, the environment, the type of conversations, the the lack of conversation. And that's really a familial thing. That's that's something that yeah. they all have to kind of work on as a family unit. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't all fall on the dad.
1: I wanna just say for the record that I really support what you said about what Tyler does is all on Tyler. You, you can look at uh, Sterling, K. Brown's character, Ronald, the way he chooses to raise Tyler as kind of like the seed, if you will. The planting of the seed of uh, it leads to maybe a sequence of events. But at the end of the day, Tyler makes choices of his own. And one of the choices that he makes is he chooses not to communicate with his parents. That... He has this shoulder injury that he has possibly impregnated his girlfriend. He just and he takes matters into his own hands.
3: Well, but this is exactly like and I I'm kind of in awe of the first half a little, not just for the technical elements, which I'm sure we'll get to later.
1: Oh, you better believe I will.
3: <laughs> in, but in that, it really has the this like Greek tragedy inevitability. To it in that, though, like it very quickly sets up who these characters are and what they do, and then puts them at the exact right point in all of their lives for this exact situation to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like that first act, once he does kill his girlfriend, it feels like it was always heading that way it was never going to be any different and i thought that the film was really sort of grappling with this nature versus nurture like how you know how how much it is our our fates determined by what we do ourselves or by the environment that we're surrounded in and i thought that was really interesting and it was doing this very like I want to say subtle, but it's not really subtle. But it is kind of subtle thing with uh, with about toxic masculinity, um, yeah. mm-hmm. with Sterling K. Brown's
1: character and how he how he treats his son and how he raises his son, and as his uh, wife points out to him later, how he neglects his daughter.
3: Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and, but and and that's the thing is that it the second half kind of drops that thread and. Mm-hmm replaces it with a new thread of a different kind of masculinity in the character of Luke, which is a perfectly valid storytelling choice. And I think it's interesting, but to me that was not, I I wanted, I needed I want, I really wanted it to come back to this discussion because I feel like it was doing, I felt like it was talking about it much better than I've seen a lot of other movies and TV shows deal with it. Yeah. I agree. And it just kind of drops it.
1: Uh, Okay. So, so the film bites off more than it could chew is what you're telling me, basically.
3: Not more than it could chew. I I think it bit off exactly the amount that it wanted, but it could have eaten more.
0: Okay, I think just yeah, real quick. I think for me, waves almost feels like an idea movie in that I mm. like and admire the idea of this yeah. structure and the way the story's told a lot, but it doesn't always fully work. kind of like how I feel about Honey Boy as well, of like the an idea of a movie that doesn't feel fully complete and perfect, but I respect it in that way personally. But I agree that, yeah, it's not. I would never call this movie not flawed I'll put it that way
1: yeah it's funny you say that too because like I remember when I first saw it You* Ride, and people will probably remember me having this reaction I was mm-hmm. so overwhelmed by this movie on a technical level and on an emotional level I cried twice watching this movie I really did um, And I felt so many emotions while watching it that when I walked out, I instantly had that knee jerk 10 out of 10 reaction, <laughs> you know. And then as I uh, sat down to write my review and as I like thought about the film more, um, I, I, I definitely acknowledge and admit that there are uh, some flaws with the pacing of the film, um, perhaps with the structure. I personally like it. And the reason why I like it is because. I'm always looking for some sort of originality in storytelling. Me too. And I can't think of another movie this year that has done something like Waves has done. So I appreciate that it does something different.
2: Yeah. hmm I,
1: yeah. I understand if the execution may not uh, be perfect. And I understand if other elements of the movie suffer perhaps as a result of that. But I think on the whole, the message of the movie I think was clear and I think that all the supporting elements around it, structure structure, regardless, you know, from a technical standpoint, the performances that all the actors are giving, I think they really help sell what the movie is ultimately trying to say and trying to do.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's a really strong movie. I don't think that there needed to be any other characters outside of this family. And I think that they, there's so much narrative put on this family mm-hmm. and so much that is brought up yeah. in that first half that you don't need to bring. Like when Lucas had just showed up, I thought it was gonna be a cameo. I was like, oh, that's funny. He's have a cameo. And I was like, oh, he has a whole damn story. Oh, wow, and, oh, bring his dad in here too like it was just it was overwhelming <laughs> me because i'm like you guys are completely unnecessary and i don't care about you guys i really yeah. don't what i care about is what just happened to this family so yeah. that's i think why that 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 scene at the water really like was good because it was just like this is what the movie is about this family they need to respond to what just happened to them yeah. And that was the one time that they actually vocalized that. They vocalized what they refused to do in the beginning part of the movie. Um, but, and I, and I do, I, I think that what it says about masculinity, particularly about Black masculinity, toxic masculinity, the roots of, mas- of toxic masculinity, and how that is passed down in a familial sense, I think that is very well done.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think just structurally, because of those additional characters at the end that are completely unnecessary. That's what, it prevents the movie from being great to me. It's just really good, but that prevents it from
1: being great. You know, one thing that like could have been done potentially is, you know, you could have had so many of the sequences of Luke and Emily um, enjoying good times together, getting to know each other. You could have done that in montage form. Um, Many of those scenes are played out in, in, in full. You know, yeah. and it really, really does slow the movie down. And, I, and Candace, I will 100% agree with you on, on the fact that I wanted to get back to um, Sterling K. Brown and Renee Elsie uh, Goldsberry. I, I wanted to know what was going on in the aftermath of this great tragedy. I appreciated that we were following Emily and her story. Um, but I, I do think that once the film reaches that midway point, uh, where Tyler uh, kills his girlfriend, the film kind of peaks, I think, for, for a lot of us at that point, because it has been such a uh, a long stretch of rising tension to lead us to that moment. That when you look at your watch, um, I, I was thankful that when I saw this the first time, I didn't know even what the length was. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know where I was at a certain point in terms yeah. of how long this movie was, yeah. when it was going to end. Where will this movie eventually end? I kind of figured it would end with them all um, reconciling uh, with one another and potentially uh, going to see Tyler, and, and that is exactly where where it does end. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, where are we going now? Where is this story going? What is happening? I was a yeah. little lost mm-hmm. for a brief second there, and, th- and that was the, and
3: that was the really interesting thing because like um what uh, taylor russell's character is named emily yeah Yeah. emily so she is such a non-entity for the first part of that movie yeah (laughs) i that i was actually really glad that the second half was focusing on her and her story Mm -hmm. i almost wished that instead of following completely linearly that at that point, the film had rewound and showed us what she was doing and what she was like during the first half of the movie. Oh, like, I feel was,
0: like that's what a lot of films you life, would think life. this one would do. Yeah. When you exactly. like, find. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so it was interesting to me that it didn't, we didn't see really what she was like before. We just know where it's this quiet girl who keeps to herself mostly. And she's, Pretty much doing the same thing. She does
1: have that <laughs> the, one scene with Tyler in the bathroom,
3: and the one scene with his girlfriend too,
1: which is really lovely. Yeah, but um, that yeah. with
0: Tyler is like the one time we really see him like be emotional and vulnerable. So I right. think it's interesting yeah. that she then becomes the through line later on. I think for me, the inclusion of the Lucas Hedges character and that story I think it's almost like she needs to have some emotional growth to grow up and move on with this, or at least like heal and figure it all out. And I think that in her house, nobody's talking and nobody's Mm -hmm. getting that out there that she almost has, needs to exit the family unit to find that like place to vent and that way to have an identity outside of just being the sister of the guy that killed his girlfriend, you know? And so I, I, I give it some credit there. The movie feels long. I think that's the does. thing. That's where I found like the pacing. It's two hours and
1: 15 minutes long and that second half is definitely slowly paced. So I get it. I will say that one thing I liked in terms of the message of the movie is that I really like that she does go away from the family. The family's worried about her. They don't know where she is. They're texting her. She's off with Luke doing God knows what. But the thing that brings the family back together is, and this is gonna sound cliche, I'm sorry, but it's love. And it's something that I think that in her adventures with Luke, she really truly loves him and it's a kind of love that i think that you know she she lost for a bit uh when tyler does what he does because she tells her father you know that she hates him so much and she's holding on to that hate and ronald uh does try to tell her that she can't hold on to it and she needs to let it go and I I think that there is, like, this emotional growth and journey and an internal one, so much so, that she goes on. It's so interesting because I I find myself, like, defending so much of what the movie does in the second half, but I also recognize why it's also flawed as a movie in that regard. You know what I mean? So, like, I get it, but at the same time, the message is just so pure and so human. I, I, I find a hard time, like, trying to justify... Why, as a movie, it may not work, but damn it to hell! As a human being that responds to um, emotion and human Mm. experience, it really works.
3: (laughs) I yeah, and like I will say, like on on first viewing, like I the impact of this thing, like I left and I was really stunned by it as just a cinematic experience. I think because that first half is, I mean, it's like an assault to the senses.
1: Oh, God, through, yeah. Through,
3: from the very first opening moment, practically, mm-hmm. and it just never stops, and it's relentless, and it just keeps going and shugging along and getting crazier and crazier. The, as, like The filmmaking style really matches the story as it gets crazier and crazier. And then the second half, which is this, like hush it's this it's a reverie it's a an elegy it, it's completely completely different and th- that does have an impact i think when you're watching it it makes you focus more like really focus on these characters and focus on what's happening and in a way that makes that scene with destroying k brown into the Russell by the lake just some really hard-hitting stuff. But it, it's like I said, even though it had this really big impact right when I first saw it, the, the further away I get from it and the more I think about the movie and how it actually works, the more I see the the cracks. And yet,
1: on a technical level... Oh, oh. Ah. You all know I was going here at some point. Come on. You all knew I was coming to this point.
3: I... If this movie does not get nominated for best cinematography at the Oscars,
1: which it won't, I'm going to cry. Drew Daniels, what he does with the camera movement, with light and with color in this, is so vibrant, magnetic, and just all around. It it almost, it literally almost crosses into pretentious territory at a certain point for me. (laughs) But what really saved it is the fact that that first half, like you said, for t- from Tyler's point of view, everything is fast, everything is relentless, everything is blown out to the extreme. And then in the second half, the camera's still, it's static, it's very calm. And I just absolutely love that so much. Yeah. I, I just so much praise <laughs> for that. And then, ditto. Also, some of the editing transitions, like the editing transitions in this, are so creative at times.
3: I will say the the shifting aspect ratios drove me nuts.
1: Mm. I was gonna (laughs) ask about that. Yeah,
3: the the first couple of times it does it, I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there. Okay, I see you.
1: Well, you notice it happens (laughs) right when uh, he does hit her. Yeah. And then it cuts to black. And then when it comes back, that's when the aspect ratio has uh, drastically changed. I
3: like, So here's the thing. So I saw this. Um, the They added a second and uh, screening at Toronto for this movie because the first one was so popular. And they showed it on the IMAX screen. So wh- when that first one happened, I was like – Wait a minute. <laughs> Did that just happen? Or was I not paying attention for the first half of the movie? Because it's such a gigantic freaking screen. You know? <laughs> and, and, I, and I have to say, I'm sure this movie is not being released in IMAX, but on that screen, that first, entire first half was, I, I, I can't even tell you. Like I was
1: like blown back all the way on my seat. Like
3: what is happening? I'm just
1: imagining you like falling out of your chair. Like oh my god!
3: I was though. Like, ugh, like <laughs> slapped me in the face and left me for dead. But <laughs> uh, wh- then the second time it happened, I was like, oh okay, yeah. I it, it, we are switching up the aspect ratios. I see you. And after that, I was like, really, we're going to just keep doing this. And I like because I got it. And then once you get it, it's kind of like, OK,
1: no need to do it again.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I'll admit the first moment with Tyler and his girlfriend in the garage that worked. That really worked. Yeah. yeah. Then when it happens again later and we're in Emily's storyline, I then was like, I don't I don't I don't know what the purpose I don't get it. Like from a filmmaking like standpoint, I just was like, I don't know what he's subliminally trying to do yeah, to no, me. I
3: figured it out. I figured it out. And once I figured it out, because I figured out how the movie was gonna end, and I, I, I figured it out. And I figured it out because he was doing the shifting aspect ratios mm-hmm. and I knew exactly what they were going to do for the end. And I was like, Okay, like I see you, I know where this is going. And it kinda took a little bit of a um, the suspense, I guess, t- such as it is, away from me.
1: Mm-hmm. What'd you guys think of the. Um, what'd you guys think? Uh, so I mentioned, uh, like, what'd you guys think of the editing and uh, the use of the. Um, the I don't know what you would call it, but the waves of light that were used to transition some scenes. You know what I'm talking about?
2: Mm-hmm. I love the. Li- I mean, I actually really like the lighting. I was actually going to talk about, because I am much. Less geeked about the cinematography as apparently literally everybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's fine, but I've, I've seen better this year. I think the music score, and I know uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think it's actually phenomenal in this, and I yeah. and I love how erratic <laughs> it is because mm. I do think that much of the movie or. Definitely, the first half is so frenzied. Um, and I think the the music really uh, leads that. Um, and I think the the second half, the sequel, um, has that same sort of energy just slowed down significantly, but I think it's still yeah. maintaining that. I, I think that I think the music is is striking in terms of just the more technical aspects.
1: Remember when uh, there were reports that Waves was actually going to be a musical for yeah. a while? God. But it's really amazing like how that. when you watch it, uh, yeah, yeah, there were yeah, reports early that yeah. yeah, like very early. Time last
0: year, it was like when it was greenlit and whatever, it was like, Trevor Abrams is like a musical with Sterling K. Brown and Lucas Hedges coming out? I don't know.
3: And then no, when it was at telegraph, people were like, it's not a musical. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a musical. You say the soundtrack is another character. Yeah,
1: it really is.
3: It's the soundtrack is amazing, and, and that's why like people when people praise the score, I'm i my first response is always what score.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that. I want to see it a second time, and like now that I've like know the plot, of, yeah, like, paying attention to those things. I saw it like almost a month ago, but like. Yeah, there's some great song choice, and I think it ends on, like, the perfect song. When I realized it was Alabama Shake Sound and Color ending, and I was like, ooh, that's good. That is I also
1: tough. really, really, like, I, I was in love. I don't know the name of the track, but the Tom York song that plays towards the end um, was freaking fantastic for me. I, I love that. Um, it plays over the scene where... Um, Uh, It's definitely at the very like towards the end, and I think Sterling K. Brown like um, comes into Tyler's room and sits next to um, uh, next to uh, oh my god I'm drawing a blank right now sits next to Renee Elsie uh, Goldsberry on the bed, Mm -hmm. and they and they and they they hold hands for a brief moment, and there's like no words that are said, but the the song is playing over it. It's just so good, so good, and then you have Kanye West in there just doing his thing.
0: And I like mean, that yeah, is a I good have song for I am a god in there. That's a yeah,
3: good.
1: That was a good for <laughs> There's a lot of really good music cues in this. A lot of really good ones nice. for sure. Um, and to, uh, and credit to the sound mixing team on this yeah, film as well. Very much so. For mm-hmm. layering all those in and for also um, really knowing when to drown the sound out to put us in the character's uh, point of view. Um, it, it's it's something that doesn't need to be done, but. I appreciate the style of this movie so much. I appreciate that there is always something constantly going on with this movie, you know? There's never a time where I'm watching it and I'm feeling like... Like, I'm never bored by it, you know? Because even in that second half where it is slower, there's still something happening either with the camera or dramatically within the scene with the actors or just something was always holding my attention while watching this movie, constantly.
3: Yeah, and I, and that's one of the reasons why I <laughs> I hate the trailer for this so much <laughs> because like it does because not prepare you for the experience of watching this movie at
2: all. I like all. that, but I like at that all. it's so funny because I had not. I'll be like real honest. I had not heard of this movie until it until like it was added on. In Toronto, yeah, and I deliberately did not see it in Toronto. I was just like, I don't want to watch this movie about this guy learning how to swim. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then that's, that's literally how I, I like skip both. I, I, they they said, oh, we're adding a new screening. I'm like, hard pass. No, I'm not going to see that. And then, <laughs> like, I uh, I remember I was at Lighthouse, which is interesting because I totally should have skipped Lighthouse for. Yeah.
3: Waves. I the waves because I couldn't get into Lighthouse.
2: <laughs> right, right. And so I, I was there and somebody was saying, oh, my gosh, waves is so, so great. Like, And they appropriately were not telling me what happened because I hate spoilers. But, and they were like, oh, you just have to see it for yourself. It is quite an experience. And I'm just like, wow, that trailer did not give me any of that. <laughs> but I'm actually, I'm thankful that, you know, I, I wouldn't want it to, you know, be a huge spoiler like that. And I, and I want people to get the feeling that I got when I first watched it. Like, oh, wow, this guy's real out of his mind. I didn't realize that. Okay, we're here now. Um, and I want people to kind of
0: experience that in that, like, shock.
1: Yeah, definitely. Every
0: time I see the trailer in a movie theater, I see, unlike Dan, I feel like the more further away from this movie, the more I like it. Which is surprising yeah. to me. Like, I'm kind of, like, forgetting the flaws. Like, I'm just... Like, I'll see that trailer, and I'll be like, fuck, that movie's good. Like, is it... <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, ah. Whereas, like, there's other things that I've seen where I kind of, like, I'm like, what happened in that again? So, like... But when I was watching, I think I was so just, like, either uncomfortable or, like, full of pain or, like, just not being... Just, like, <laughs> this is not an enjoyable thing to watch, but then I think removed from it, I can, like... I don't know, reflect on more. I think I'm also a little more forgiving of things that are messy once I'm a little more further away from them.
1: Yeah, I I think time, you know, does something to a lot of movies that, you know, there were some movies that I rated lower uh, this year, that as time has gone on, I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch that. Whereas some movies I rated higher than that, um, I don't have a desire to want to rewatch them. There are some movies that just impact you in the moment, and fade. And then there are some that linger. And Waves, for me, has lingered um, both for uh, negative reasons um, and also for positive reasons. And yet it's something that I can't really stop thinking about. I I have seen it twice now, and I will admit that watching it um, the second time was an interesting experience, knowing where the story was heading this time and being able now to take a step back and uh, appreciate some more of the finer qualities of the filmmaking a little bit more so, and also kind of like recognizing the ways that Trey Edward Schultz does build us up to that moment and how he also layers uh, some of those themes into the screenplay, which we'll come back later on. Uh, I I, I am not going to sit here and say that it is not flawed. It definitely is flawed. But any movie that impacts me on an emotional level that way where I can cry watching it two separate scenes is really, really impactful. It is <laughs> impactful. I cannot disregard that. I just, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to uh, pass it over to final thoughts. Anything that we did not talk about that you want to mention about Waves. Uh, Candice, I pass it over to you first. Um, you can either reiterate or you can mention something that we haven't spoken about.
2: Um, yeah, I, I think it's a strong movie. I will continue to say that i wish that there weren't added characters at the end of the movie even if it was going to be this kind of a two-parter i wish it was the family really kind of reconciling their feelings and really having really just responding to what happened even tyler from prison kind of responding to it, because we don't ever really hear from him ever again which is this big thing happens and then he doesn't say a word afterwards it's just the right other away. character
1: is almost treated like he died you know, yeah,
2: yeah, it is. It's like a death. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's that on that, and this, and and so that that you know, I think that that could have really rounded out. I think that could have actually made the film virtually flawless at that point, because I do think it's a very strong movie. I actually do very much prefer the first part, um, though. I appreciate what he was trying to do in the second part, um, and I, I will say that. Uh, what I what I found interesting that I thought that the women were finally speaking in the second part, so I can't totally discard that second part of the movie in part because of that, but um, because in the in the first part it seemed like everybody was really revolving around these these men, and I think yeah. when it comes to Alexa Demi's character, Taylor Russell's character, and Renee Elise Golds Goldsberry, um. They, particularly with, I want to say, Taylor Russell, her character, Emily, was so, we talked about the bathroom scene, we talked about the lake scene, and even with Luke, she was always saying, there's a line that she always would say with all three of those guys, she would say, oh, it's okay, every time that they're at their most vulnerable, she would say, oh, it's okay, like, she was such, like, she just absorbed a lot of negative energy that these guys had. Like when, once they were at their most vulnerable and were able to really kind of let it out, they always let it out on her, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What grade would you give waves out of 10? 10 being the highest.
2: um, I would say seven.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Casey?
0: Yeah. I think the one thing that for me that I think that keeps it coming back into my brain is how much it feels so perfect for what it means to be a teen and a young person now. Like it feels so current in that way and how like in a way that I haven't seen in many movies sides, maybe like eighth grade recently that like really. And I think for me, especially I had my big group of friends in high school was involved in the wrestling team. Either they were honored or my friends were the managers and I, went to a lot of wrestling meets and also just being under the pressures I had doing theater and choir in high school and the misconstrued conceptions of like, trying to please your parents and what you think that means versus what they actually might want of you and not telling them things and pushing yourself too hard. And I think that that, I really, I think vibed with that type of story. And I think how it showcased that, I think was very interesting and accurate. And it felt very like I think I think for me overall it just felt like a lot of ways a movie about teens and young people in America now, kind of like in the way that I think like Sean Baker's doing things of that nature. And I feel like people like like Bo Burnham of that just like what American independent filmmaking is now and showing like the uglier sides of humanity in these beautiful, gorgeous cinematography and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I ended up Vibing a lot with those ideas of expectations of young people now and stuff, and I think that that I took that from it the most.
1: Okay, cool. What grade would you give it?
0: I feel like I have to say an eight, even though something in me is saying a nine. I'm, I'll just say eight. I'll say eight right now.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, Dan Bear. What about yourself? I, I feel like we've almost given
3: short shrift to the performances a little. Because they're all
1: fantastic. Mm -hmm, It's one of my favorite ensembles of the year by far. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, (laughs) We were talking. We were talking about this the um, on the main show the other day about the um, the Robert Altman Ensemble Award at uh, the Indie Spirits. Yeah. And this would be such Mm -hmm. an amazing winner for that, honestly. Because I mean, even you know, like some of the smaller parts. the actors are, are really good and getting very lived in realistic feeling performances. Um, I, as mu- as much as I, you know, have, you know, grown less of a fan as time has gone on. I really want to see it again um, to had cause I haven't seen it since TIFF, uh, but I, I want to see it again to see if the, the original grade I gave it holds up, or if I am going with the new grade that I'm giving it now with more distance between myself and the movie. Um but this I, I I'm kind of in awe of it in many ways. I think like Trey Edward Schultz, like you said before, like this is a huge step up technically for him. And like I was a huge fan of Cresha. Um, less of a fan of it comes at night. But at least like the technical elements of that movie were uh, superb. Um, but this is just filmmaking on a whole other level. And I hope it gets him a lot more opportunities to experiment more with stuff like this. Because I I really, I cannot wait to
1: see what he does next. And the grade is?
3: Uh, when I first saw it, I to, if it was a nine, now it's an eight.
1: Okay. All right. Um, I I actually asked Trey Edward Schultz if it was uh, a conscious thing on his part or subconscious that all of his movies deal with uh, a family unit that uh, encounters some form of darkness. Gets torn apart. (laughs) Yeah, and gets torn apart. Exactly. And uh, he said no, but um, I, I do think that he is... You know, writing what he knows and what I think he knows very well is he knows uh, about the concept of family and uh, introducing conflict into that family, um, whether it's an external uh, force and something like It Comes a Night, which actually turns out to be an internal force, or if it's uh, uh, personal demons in Crescia or in Waves, where it's kind of a combination of both. You know, either way, um, I think that bo- uh, all three movies are dealing with human characters. Um, dealing with things that, honestly, you know, when I think about it on a realistic level, um, it's horrifying. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't imagine the horror being uh, the parents of Tyler Tyler in this movie.
2: Well, the parents of his
1: girlfriend. Oh, or that, yes, <laughs> <movie>. sorry, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just in general. <laughs> uh, just in general, just being a- anywhere closely tied to this experience and that is genuinely uh frightening for me on a very visceral level um it's part of the reason why it comes at night works very very well for me actually and Mm -hmm. i'm much higher on that movie than a lot of other people are same with crecia which i thought was a really terrific debut i think that he has just gotten better and better with each movie and like you dan i cannot wait to see what he does next because it just feels like he's on this path right now where he is just continuously trying to one-up himself with each film that he does. I, I would like to see him maybe uh, break away a little bit from um, the family you know, conflict aspect and maybe try something a little bit different, but... I think he's done a really, really fantastic job so far. Uh, technically, I think this movie is pretty astonishing. Um, I am a fan of the structure break. I know for many people, they won't be. Um, that's totally okay. I, I fully acknowledge that. I originally, you know, it's funny, like I said, I originally I was a 10 just based on pure emotion. Thought about it, rated it a nine. Um, and in, in, in reality, it really is probably an eight for me. Uh, but it's a nine because, like I said, the Matt and rule, you make me cry. One full point. (laughs) One full point for making me cry, and this film did it to me twice. Twice, I tell you. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Once at the lake, and then at the very end, during the uh, Tom York song, uh, just with... I think it was the moment where uh, Clifton Collins Jr. and um, the other actress uh, who's playing uh, his wife were um, standing over um, uh, Alexis' grave, uh, I think just that brief, brief moment, uh, just hit me so hard, so, so hard. And, you know, it's the kind of emotion that, uh, you know, I live for this stuff, you know, this is the kind of stuff I go to the movies for is to feel things, you know? And yeah, it's not a pleasant feeling, but it's still a feeling at the end of the day. So kudos to, uh, Trey, the cast and everybody else for getting us to feel this way. <laughs> Oscar potential
3: I have no clue how Ambus is going to respond to this
1: I know I'll give you my honest opinion i I think it's going to get zero nominations, but I think if it can show up anywhere um here's the thing it, it's on the bubble for so many categories that's yeah, the thing um... It's like number six or number seven for so many different things: for uh, cinematography, for original screenplay, for editing, sound. score, sound. Sterling K. Brown yeah. in supporting.
2: Calvin's performance is the best performance in the movie, and I can't continue to say that enough. And I think
1: mm-hmm. the
2: work that he's put in with this and Loose, he like I can't believe that he's actually not a front runner and he's not on everyone's ballots this season he put out two of the best performances. Seriously.
1: (laughs) I agree. Uh, So much so that I like, I'm really serious when I say this, like some critics group somewhere, I don't know who's listening right now. That's in a voting body, but you need to do a joint best actor uh, thing for Kelvin Harrison Jr. for both performances because he deserves it. Mm
2: -hmm. It's exquisite. Uh, it's, It's, It's wild. And you know, I, I, I always hear like, I always get questioned like, oh, you know, what do you think is going to win, you know, going to be nominated for Oscars, which I, I always, like, kind of buckle at the question just because I cannot stand the way they vote most of the time. <laughs> and <laughs> so my my, inkling, my my inkling is always, like, everyone's just going to get shut out. And I know that this is a black movie, and I know that the Oscars is still inherently white. <laughs> and so I know that that's going to be, that it's gonna huge, that's going to push people away as well. I do think, you know, unfortunately, I do think because of what happens with Tyler, he, he might, they, they might actually favor the movie a lot more than if this movie was just the second half of the movie, mm-hmm. um, because of how violent he is and because of his rage and because of the things that I think people are very uh, comfortable with seeing from a black character. But I think, I think what. Calvin does both, both again with this and Luz, because I think they're both such great performances. Is that he brings out the humanity behind that that is so intricate and so difficult to do. He's a young guy, twenty five years old yeah. in six months, <laughs> like, like, and just like consistently putting out good work. And I, I think that he he his performance should absolutely be a front runner.
1: I agree. He's uh, easily one of my favorite uh, actors of the year. I actually have trouble deciding uh, if I had to choose one performance for him between Loose and Waves, what I would put forward, actually. I think it's Loose. Me
2: too.
1: I don't know. I keep going back and forth on it. (laughs) Because I think he is so powerful in waves. Problem is, is that he's in only one half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I
3: think Luce is a much trickier character to pull off because it's not really a character; it's a construct. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with makes that. makes yeah. him a fully
1: believable character. Um, and he oh god he's you know what yeah, yeah. I'll go with that I'll, I'll, I'll go with Luce then yeah because he has to walk a really tight rope where you the audience also don't know is he or isn't he in terms yeah. of you know his true intentions while watching it. And I do think he finds a fine line in there. Well, either way, regardless of which, uh, waves when it comes to the Oscars, ah, I'm in wait and see mode. I really am.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Gotham's gave it a nice push. We'll see what Indie Spirit Awards do this week and we'll see uh-huh. what critics groups do as the season rolls on. Um, but I was saying it after I saw the film at Telluride. I thought the best shot was Sterling K. Brown. And now, for some reason, everybody's gone quiet on that, and I don't know why.
0: (laughs) Which is such a shame, because I feel like that's such a perfect narrative. You know? Yeah. Here's this guy that everybody likes, Mm -hmm. finally breaking out into more films. Like, you know that he would play the circuit well. You know he'd be so likable.
1: He's got the scene.
0: He's got the scene. It just fits. And the fact, like, whereas I'm looking at my, like, supporting actor ballot, and I'm always just like, eh... Like, I don't know where to put anyone because I don't feel like a narrative that I can fully grasp onto that would make sense. Or is that one, I'm just like, yeah, that would work if it was like more accessible, I guess. But like, uh.
1: and I think that's part of the problem is I think that the film overall is going to get a, a, a divisive reaction from a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's going to hurt it overall in the end. People are not going to like what Tyler does in this movie, and it's going to turn them off. People are not going to like the broken narrative structure of this movie, and it's going to turn them off.
2: I was just going to say that, I mean, if we're talking about unlikable characters, and uh, I mean, the Irishman is filled with unlikable characters, and and, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's probably going to get a a bunch of stuff, <laughs> a bunch of accolades, and as it, as it deserves to. I mean, I think Joe Pesci's performance is mm-hmm. immaculate in that. Um, but uh, waves, particularly with the two male performances, the leading male performances in Waves, mm-hmm. they're two very one one particularly terrible character, uh, but one one that is extremely like Calvin's performance is so incredibly physical that it's like mm. every, he ta- it's it's ever he takes everything that's inside of him and you can like actually see it in his face. This is not a, a this is not a, a role that actually has a lot of dialogue from him. It's so internal. We're actually just like he, he's just that good that we can actually kind of see his inner demons without him actually expressing anything in terms of like vocally.
1: There's a whole backstory mm. uh, with him and uh, Tyler and Emily's mom that we don't know the full history necessarily. Um, we know that she overdoses, but imagine what that informs on the way that Sterling K. Brown plays the character. Which
0: is a shame that that detail isn't brought up until near the end. And I'm just like, ah, that's like one of the other. I like forgot to mention that earlier, but like, because there's the fight that Tyler has with them, where he's like, "You're not my mom." And everybody's just like, what? And then we don't find out later. (laughs) Yeah, correct. That is not his mother.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a little weird.
0: That they didn't Mm. just like throw that in earlier, just in like a little subtle way. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, when yeah. I saw this, I saw it with a predominantly older white crowd that was laughing at certain parts of the first half that were not funny. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah so like, oh, Amos is not going... It yeah. Like, I, was, yeah. Like, things that were... Especially Tyler and his girlfriend texting,
1: yeah. like, in
0: that big breakup, I guess, moment. Like, the amount that people were laughing or, like, wow. at the abortion clinic or, wow. like, anytime. Like, certain things where I was just like, this is not... I think because they're like, oh, silly kids. And I'm just like, this wow. is not funny. Oh my God. They
1: didn't know what kind of movie they were watching. I think
0: that's probably why I liked the second half more, just out of because nobody was like talking or making comments mm-hmm. or laughing. <laughs> then I was just finally like, oh, good, we can finally be adults. Yeah,
3: the movie shamed them into staying quiet. <laughs> yeah,
0: honestly, yeah. So that like, wow. that's why I'm hoping to see it.
3: That's like, crazy. Not
0: in the film festival setting where I where it's mostly Same. film society members that pay to be there and whatnot.
3: But yeah, I think that's the thing is like the movie, it, it, I think it skews too young, um, to make a lot of, God, I hate myself to make a lot of waves with Ampest voters. (laughs) (laughs) I hate myself. Um, It is a right analogy. (laughs) It is. You know, sometimes you just got to go where the obvious joke is. Um, (laughs) And it, it that pains me because there is, I mean, like, the, it really you're dead on, Matt, where you said, like, this needs to get recognition for its sound work, and it is not going to. And mm. because of the type of movie it is, they do not look at this
1: type of movie for sound work, they don't. It's true, no. Yeah. Meanwhile, 1917 has a sound wind probably walking through yeah. the door.
3: <laughs> yeah. And and oh, don't get me started. I've been on this rant before about how why do we keep me to rewarding war movies for sound effects editing. We know what a bullet sounds like. It's been done oh, for yeah. decades. Yeah. But anyway, because honestly, this is the best sound mix of the year. I, I can't imagine anything coming close. I can sit
1: behind that. All right. So that's going to pretty much do it here for our review of waves here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Candace, thank you so much for coming on the show, giving your thoughts. We really, really appreciated having you on. Tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet.
2: You can find me at, uh, you can find my work at um, CandaceFrederick.contently.com. All
1: right. And where can they follow you on Twitter?
2: Real Talker R E A L T A L K E R.
1: She keeps it real, people. What can we say?
0: <laughs>
1: Casey Lee Clark, where can I find you? On the internet.
0: You can find me
3: on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark.
1: Dan, how about yourself?
3: You can find me on Twitter at Dance and dan on film.
1: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Waves here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Play, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month you will get exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we shall see you all next time.